Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. Well, good morning, everyone. So here's something I bet we all have in common. We're all ready for things to get back to a sense of normalcy, right? I mean, this COVID virus and the unrest in our country are wearing on us. Stress levels are high. And so far, the year 2020 has just been downright crazy. And I think it's affected some of us way worse than others. But it's affected every single one of us in some way, shape, or form. So we're ready for things to settle down. But the reality is, things don't appear to be headed to normal anytime soon. In some ways, with things locking down, it seems like we're heading backwards. And there are a lot of people talking about a new normal. In fact, I bet you've talked about this new normal. And like it or not, I think a new normal may be forced upon us. Now, I don't know what that'll look like, but I do know that it doesn't change how we are called to live as Christians. And so we're in this series called The Best Life Possible. And I want to submit to you that one of the keys to living the best life possible is to live and learn. Live and learn. To learn from everything we experience so we can be better people in the future. And the question we're gonna ask today is simply this, how can we learn from what we've experienced so far and be better for it? How can we learn from this fiasco that is 2020? I mean, if we don't stop and ask this question, we'll forget. And that would be a shame because pain without gain is a shame. You know this to be true. Pain without any gain is a shame. Now, I realize that for some of you, you're not ready to ask this question because we're still in the thick of this. And you'd rather wait until it's all over. You're thinking, Brian, I can't focus on how to be better for it because I'm still in it. And I'm just beginning to suffer the consequences of what we've been through. So, hey, thanks. Maybe I'll check back later when this is all done. But right now, I can't begin asking the question, how can I be better for it? Because I'm right in the middle of it. Well, I want to push back on that just a little bit. Because even though I don't know your circumstances, okay, I don't know your pain. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know how this has affected you and your family specifically. But here's what I do know. If we don't pay attention, we will not benefit from it. And our tendency will be to try and rush back to the old normal and miss the lessons we can learn in this new season that'll lead us toward a new normal. Now, to help us understand this a little bit better, I want to read you a quote by C.S. Lewis. Many years ago, in his little book, The Problem of Pain, C.S. Lewis explored this very tension of what should we learn and when is it too early to begin learning. And here's what he wrote in the book, The Problem of Pain. He said, my own experience is something like this. I am progressing along the path of life in my ordinary, contentedly fallen and godless condition, absorbed in a merry meeting with my friends for the morrow or a bit of work that tickles my vanity, when suddenly a stab of abdominal pain that threatens serious disease or perhaps a headline in the newspaper that threatens all of us with destruction sends this whole pack of cards tumbling down. And at first I am overwhelmed and all my little happiness looks like broken toys. 
But then slowly and reluctantly, bit by bit, I try to bring myself into the frame of mind that I should be in at all times. And perhaps by God's grace, I succeed. And for a day or two, isn't that our experience? For a day or two, I become a creature consciously dependent on God and drawing in strength from the right sources. But the moment the threat is withdrawn, the moment the threat is withdrawn. Now I'm going to pause here because I think you already know where C.S. Lewis is going next. And the reason we know is because it's our story. We've been there, right? And for some of you, your story went like this. Two, three, maybe five years ago, your husband or your wife came to you and said, okay, if you don't change, I'm done. Like, I'm out of here. We've talked and talked and counseled and counseled, and I don't see any permanent change. And suddenly, he or she had your attention, right? You sat up straight and you began making changes. You began coming home earlier, started listening better, paid more attention to the kids. You paid more attention to what he asked or what she asked, and suddenly, you became a better husband or a better wife. And the marriage got better for a while. But the moment the threat was withdrawn, you began to retreat to your old ways, your old normal. Or maybe like you're a single woman and your story was something like this. You discovered or at least thought that you were pregnant and it scared you to death. And suddenly your religious past came crashing down on top of you. And maybe you prayed for the first time in a long time and you begged God and you promised God that you would change. And then you discovered that you weren't pregnant and you were so relieved and you were a different person. You behaved yourself, right? You stepped back into the standards of what you had always embraced growing up for a while. But once the threat was withdrawn, you began to drift back into those old, normal ways. Or maybe you had that scary physical where your doctor looked at you and said, look, we've talked about this before. If you don't make changes, you will not be around to play with your grandchildren. You will not be around to see maybe your great grandchildren. And he or she got your attention and you went home and you got serious, right? You dieted and exercised and people began to say, hey, you're looking better. And you felt better. Everything was better. And for a while, you stuck with it. But then what happened? But once the threat was withdrawn, you drifted back. See, all of these scenarios make me think, what is wrong with us, right? Why do we have to be led to the brink of disaster before we are willing to make the changes that we've known all along we need to make? Hmm. Well, back to C.S. Lewis. Here's how he finishes this idea. But the moment the threat is withdrawn, my whole nature leads back to the toys. God has had me but for 48 hours and then only by dint of taking everything else away from me. But let him sheathe that sword for a moment. Okay, and here's what I want us to avoid because in order for us to gain through this pain, we have to be intentional. Otherwise, we will all drift and never learn anything from it. He says, but let him sheathe that sword for a moment and I behave like a puppy that when the hated bath is over, if you have dogs, you know exactly where this is going, that when the hated bath is over, I shake myself as dry as I can and I race off to reacquire my comfortable dirtiness. If not in the nearest manure heap, at least in the nearest flower bed. Hmm. That's good. 
Now, here's the thing, and this is true of all of us. It is human nature to return to bad habits once the pain associated with those bad habits is gone, right? In other words, it's human nature to want to go back to our old ways. And so here's the question we're going to wrestle to the ground today. Whenever this current trial, this current fiasco is over with, how can we be better for it? In other words, you've heard, don't let a good thing go to waste. That's true. But let me give you a new spin on that one. Don't let a bad thing go to waste. Don't let a bad thing go to waste. And I don't know your circumstances, but my hunch is it's not too soon to begin taking inventory and ask the question, what have I been doing that almost led to my undoing? Or the flip side is simply this, what should I begin doing that I should have been doing all along? And so today I want to talk about three specific areas. And honestly, they're going to be a little uncomfortable for some of us to face. And if it feels like it's too soon to talk about this, let me assure you, it's not too soon. While the pressure is on, this is the time when we learn the most. This is the time when we gain the most perspective. And what a shame it would be to go through this pain without gain. So let's jump in here. First of all, how can you be better for it financially? How can you be better for what we've been going through and are going through financially speaking? You know, what have you been doing that almost led or did lead to your undoing financially? And what do you wish you'd been doing financially that would have set you up to be in a better place now? Whatever comes to mind, that's your answer to this question. And I believe now is the time to face up to two financial realities. Because if you do, you'll be better for it later. Number one, I want is better than I owe. In other words, it's better to go without things you don't need than to owe money on things you don't need. There's a tension either way you go. But the tension of I owe is far worse than the tension of I want. Okay, the second financial reality that looms large right now that serves as a reminder is this. A financial hole is often due in part to a lack of self-control. I made it rhyme so you'll remember it. A financial hole is often due to a lack of self-control. And let me illustrate it this way. Before this crisis, you had this thought. If only I had more money. If only I made more money. Well, during the crisis, you had this thought. If only I had more money. If only I had saved more money. Which is the same thing as saying, if only in the past I had exercised better self-control. Because a financial hole is often due in part to a lack of self-control. And if you're facing the consequences of a lack of self-control financially, now is the time to learn this lesson and never ever do what you did in the past again so that you can be ready for the future. The writer of Proverbs states it this way. He gives a word picture that is really not very relevant to our current culture, but it's a powerful word picture from ancient times. And here's what he wrote in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. He said, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Okay, in ancient times, the walls around a city represented security, peace, prosperity, safety. When an enemy would come, they would pick the weakest part of the wall and they would use weapons of siege warfare to eventually break through or create a breach or a break in that wall. And then the enemy would pour through the wall. And here's what the writer is saying, that when the city walls are broken through, the people within the city, they lose their security. 
They lose their safety, their autonomy. They lose their ability to control their own lives. And here's his point. A lack of self-control leads to a loss of control. A lack of self-control in any area of life ultimately leads to a loss of control. And the key to having control of your life is to exercise self-control. So as we learn from this season we're in, if you want to be better for it, now's the time to take some of these simple common sense ideas and elevate them in your life. For example, here's something you've heard before. I bet somewhere in the past, somebody either gave you this advice or you've heard someone talking about having been given this advice. And the advice was to have three to six months of savings set aside in case of an emergency. You ever heard that before? Yeah, in my mind, I can see you nodding at home. And that emergency can be a large expenditure you weren't planning on, sudden job loss, a crash in the economy, you name it. That's what an emergency is. So you've heard that before. And when you heard that for the first time, you thought to yourself, this is a really good idea. I should set aside three to six months of living expenses just in case there's an emergency. And if you took that advice, advice which requires extraordinary self-control, then you are better for what we've just been through. But if you didn't take that advice, you're kind of wishing you had right now. Am I right? Well, now is the time. Now's the time to create a plan to set money aside in case there's a financial bump. That is wisdom. That way, when your walls are attacked, they will not be easily broken through. But an emergency fund requires what? It requires self-control. So decide to start now. How can you be better for it financially? Quite simple. You've heard it a thousand times. Save more, spend less. Get out of debt and stay out of debt. Save more, spend less, get out and stay out of debt. Now, one more thing to mention in this whole arena of finances. If this particular season has hit you particularly hard, your tendency may be to blame the virus or your boss or the economy. And while all those things may be somewhat true, that's not going to help you own your slice of the pie. I mean, no doubt the virus contributed to it. Certainly your working situation contributed to it. Certainly the economy has contributed to it. But maybe, just maybe, if you're honest, you contributed to your situation a little bit at least, right? And you've got to own that slice of the pie. Folks, now is the time to own it and make decisions to change. While the heat is still on, folks, this is your best chance. Now, let me give a quick aside here. No matter how much you've slipped up, there's grace. You know, God shows us grace, and we as a church are the expression of God's grace to the world. And if you as a member of our church have found yourself in a difficult financial situation as a result of these extraordinary times, please let us know. Right, we are here to help. There are people in our church who will rally around you and care for you. You can call the church office, talk to Don Stoops. He's in charge of our benevolence ministry. We will be there for you. But my point here is this. Own your slice of the pie and begin now to apply sound biblical financial principles to your life. All right? Let's move on. Next up, number two. How can you be better for it relationally? Like what have you experienced these past few months that relationally that you want to carry forward into the future? Right? I think one of the things we've all experienced is the value of friendship, right? But there may be a negative side to all this for you. And if so, I want you to pay attention. Perhaps you've noticed or you've experienced some unaddressed cracks in your marriage, 
right? Things that you had put to the periphery, things that came up from time to time, but you were busy and the old normal allowed you to ignore what was right there in front of you. And perhaps what you've noticed is a lack of common ground, maybe with one or all of your kids. You've been spending so much time with your family lately that you're recognizing, I've never really developed an actual relationship with one or all my kids because I've been so busy. I mean, isn't it true that quarantining has highlighted the good and the not so good relationally? And there can be little doubt that one of God's top priorities in our life is investing in relationships with other people. I mean, the great commandment includes this, love your neighbor as yourself. Or as Philippians 2, 3 to 4 says, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. So here's the opportunity. This is important. COVID-19 may actually serve as a wake-up call to you relationally. If there are cracks in your relationships at home, now is the time to address them. I mean, you know this. Relationship problems don't fix themselves. So now is the time to address these relationship issues. Right now, you may have a little bit of extra time, but more importantly, you've got a little bit more pressure because of what's going on or what is not going on at home. And before you begin pointing fingers, recognize This is the same as with your finances. Own your slice of the conflict pie. Own your slice of the conflict pie. I mean, if you get this right, your story of COVID-19 may be that it was actually the catalyst that saved your marriage. If you pay attention to this and if you do the difficult work that faces you right now, returning to your old ways will only allow what is bad to get worse. But perhaps your story will be this. COVID-19 was the catalyst for repairing my relationship with my son. Or COVID-19 was the catalyst for repairing my relationship with my daughter. Relationally speaking, I I don't think we can exaggerate this. All of this pain with no gain would certainly be an extraordinary shame. So there's finances, there's relationships. One last area, number three, how can you be better for it personally? When I say personally, I'm talking about internally. Let me ask it this way. How is your worldview holding up? Now, your worldview is the way you see, interpret, explain how the whole world works. And when difficult times come, sometimes our foundations are rocked. And if your foundation, your worldview has been rocked, you should pay attention to that. Do you find yourself asking questions you've never asked before? If you're not a particularly religious person, have you found yourself praying for the first time in a long time? Maybe you went out and found a Bible for the first time in a long time. If you are a religious person, has your faith been rattled a bit? Did you perhaps discover that your faith was more fragile than you imagined? I mean, do you find yourself asking questions you've never asked before? Questions like, where's God? How could God? Or I thought God. See, here's my point. Regardless of where you are in your faith, if this current season has created tension on the inside, Pay attention to that tension. It means you're on the verge of learning something new or being reminded of something that you've forgotten. It could lead somewhere good and it could certainly lead somewhere better in your life. So here's my point. If this season has kind of rocked your internal world, if this season has rocked your worldview, if this season has rocked your faith, pay attention to that tension. It means you have growing to do. Proverbs 24 and verse 10 says this. 
If you falter in a time of trouble, how small is your strength? Right, address that tension. You may be on the verge of learning something new. You may be on the verge of being reminded of something old. But if current events have left you wrestling with God questions, you're not a religious person. You just assume that you left that wrestling ring years ago, but now you find yourself again wrestling with God questions. Pay attention to that. And if you are a Christian, pay attention to the tension in your life as well. You may discover a different kind of faith. You may discover a better faith. You may discover a deeper version of faith. There's a purpose in this trial. As James said, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops or produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God wants to use this time of trial to make you stronger, more mature, more complete. And the point is simply this. You know, we're all going to get through this crazy mess one way or another. And I don't know how it's all going to shake out, but I don't think God wants us to return to normal. He wants us to get better all the time. And I want to challenge us all. Let's make sure we're better for it financially, relationally, and personally. Because all this pain without any gain would certainly be a shame. So let's face and embrace this challenge. Let's all decide that we're going to be better for it. Let's not do what C.S. Lewis referred to. Let's not behave like a puppy when the hated bath is over. Right, let's not race off to the nearest flower bed. Let's certainly not roll around in the nearest manure heap. Let's get better all the time. Let's be better when this hated season is over. So here's the question we need to ask in the midst of this COVID craziness. How can I be better for it? Let's not miss this unprecedented and hopefully once in a lifetime opportunity to learn everything we can, to gain perspective that will serve us well in the future. Let's not merely settle for getting through this. Let's decide to be better for it. That's a key to living the best life possible. Now, next week, I'm going to talk about your superpower. Yeah, you actually have a superpower. You have an ability to ensure that everything that comes your way makes you better. You can be better for it. So I don't want you to miss that. Don't miss next week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we know that you are sovereign. We know that nothing takes you by surprise. There's not a stray molecule in this universe. And you have a plan even in the midst of the craziness we face. And your plan is always that we would be better for it. So I pray that we would not wait until this season is over, but in the midst of the heat, we would learn the things you want us to learn. That we would pay attention to cracks, to brokenness, to areas in our life that need to be fixed, whether it's financially, relationally, personally, in whatever way. God, would you highlight those things and help us through the power of your Holy Spirit to begin now to learn the lessons we need to learn so that we can live the best life possible. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.